You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go, a podcast that'll change how you think and change your life. I'm Willie Horton and I'm a psychologist. I've been helping people change their lives since 1996. Broadcasting from the French Alps and delighted to have you along. Let's take this week's step in the right direction. I don't know if you recollect, and you probably don't, because you might believe yourself to be suffering from amnesia. I'll explain what I mean in a moment. I don't know if you recollect during last summer, I talked about a conversation that online program owners, owners of the Psychology of Success online program, had had with me one Wednesday evening, when one of the guys on the call brought up the fact that he was worried whether or not he might be suffering from dementia or the early signs of dementia. Now, he was joking, but he said, I I think I'm suffering from some form of amnesia because I go into a meeting with a client. I'm fully there. I have that meeting. I come out of the meeting and two or three minutes later, I have no recollection of what we discussed. And a couple of other people on that Zoom call said, "I've, I've felt the same thing too. What's going on here? And I explained, and I'll explain it to you very simply now, that this apparent loss of memory is actually a function of being in flow. The more you are in flow, the more you will forget what you did five minutes ago, because five minutes ago is not now. And I explained it to them in that way, in that short way. And my the first guy who said to me that he'd come out of a client meeting and couldn't remember what he'd been talking about said, but what if I bump into that client in three weeks' time? And he says, do you remember we were talking about this? And I have no recollection of it. I said, that is not how the subconscious mind works. There is loads of research, going back in particular to some seminal research in 2013, that shows that the subconscious mind would provide you with the exact information that you need at exactly the right moment in exactly the right way so that when he meets his client in three weeks' time, he will immediately recollect all the important things that they discussed during the meeting that he has apparently forgotten. When I'm in flow, and I do, say, one of those Wednesday evening Zooms with my online program owners, I am completely there for them. And the minute that session, that 60 minutes, ends, and I come downstairs... I am in a different now, and I'm in flow in that moment. So normally, I have no recollection of what we discussed. That is the norm. So when I come downstairs on a Wednesday evening and Lisa says to me, what did you discuss this evening? I say to her, I've no idea. And I'm not joking. It is that it's past, and I am now just about to sit down and have a wonderful evening with my wonderful wife and have some nice foods. I was completely there for those 60 minutes, and now I'm completely here in the next now. And that is why some people will actually think that they are suffering from some form of amnesia. Now, the interesting thing is, when I go on the next Zoom two weeks later, I will recollect minute details of what had been discussed in the previous Zoom, or perhaps in Zooms many months ago, because... The subconscious mind is providing me with relevant information, information that is important in the context of the conversation I'm having with those program owners now. But I came down from our Wednesday evening Zoom last Wednesday evening. We sat down to have our dinner. 
And Lisa, as she still does, she knows she never gets an answer, but she actually said last Wednesday evening, what were you talking about this evening? And I said, we were actually talking about how when people embark on the online program in the first place, they often have a fear that they will lose some of their friends because they might change. And I've heard so many people explain that experience over the last 27 years. I know it firsthand that you lose people that you thought were your friends. Now, the interesting thing is that most of the people you look upon as friends in your life are actually acquaintances. Think about it like this. If you are working in one particular place and you've plenty of friends in that place and then you resign and go to work in another place, what do you have in common with the people with whom you worked in your first employment, other than the fact that you work together? Mostly, you have nothing in common, and therefore most people will fall by the wayside. It's exactly the same thing when you start developing your ability to be clear and present, focused and calm, stress-free, in the zone, in flow, and effortlessly doing what you need to do to move you to where you want to go. You effectively become a different person. Actually, that's not true. Effectively, what you discover is your true nature and your real self. The person that your acquaintances, so-called friends, thought they knew was actually your conceptual self. And that conceptual self, the person with all the inhibitions and the perceived inadequacies that you thought you were, that gradually evaporates over time. And one of the girls on that call last Wednesday evening said that she really harbored this particular fear at the outset. But she said, it actually became effortless that the people that I didn't need in my life or the people that were sucking me dry just gradually went away. She said there was no rancor, there was no difficult breakup uh, in relation to any of the people involved. It just happened. And one of the other people on the call said, and what did your friends notice different about you? Or what did your acquaintances notice different about you that facilitated their drifting away? And my friend said, she said, years ago, before I started on this journey, I was a people pleaser. And I didn't realize that the people I was pleasing thought there was some kind of an agreement between us whereby I would please them, but they didn't have to please me. As somebody else chipped in, she said, you mean you couldn't say no? And the interesting thing is that that is a problem that so many normal crazy people have. They just can't say no. Why? Because they want to please other people. Why? Because they're looking for some form of approval. Why? Because when we're operating automatically from our conceptual selves, the ones with all the inhibitions and perceived inadequacies, we don't approve of ourselves. Lisa said to me, I used to be a people pleaser. She said, and I would get very offended if I discovered that I wasn't pleasing somebody sufficiently. I said, what do you mean? She said, well, do you remember years ago in Dublin, before we were left Dublin, I was the lady captain of a tennis club in Dublin. Now, that's Lisa talking. I was not the lady captain of anything. She said, do you remember I was lady captain of the tennis club? And she said, one morning I was sitting and having a cup of coffee in the clubhouse and one of my friends said to me, do you see that girl sitting over the other side of the room there? She hates your guts. And Lisa became very upset. 
She said, why, why does she hate my guts? She said, I can't remember talking to her more than once or twice since I joined this club. She said, I can't remember ever having a meaningful interaction with her. She said, why would she hate my guts? So Lisa asked me last Wednesday night, why would she hate my guts? She didn't know me. And I said to her, she didn't need to know you. Have you ever heard of the phrase taking an instant dislike to somebody? She'd obviously taken an instant dislike to you that had nothing to do with you. She said, but surely she needed to get to know me to know whether she liked me or not. And I said to her, no, it takes just four seconds. It only takes four seconds for you to make up your mind whether you like or dislike somebody or anywhere in between those two extremes. It is a process the cognitive psychology calls categorization. And the key point, the key subject of today's podcast episode hinges on the fact that we, as a result of categorization, never experience anything in our adult lives. You heard me right. Never experience anything in our adult lives. If you take an instant dislike to somebody, you haven't taken an instant dislike to that somebody. You have taken an instant dislike to the person who resembles that somebody that offended you or made you feel bad about yourself during your childhood formative years. It's as simple as that. During, in particular, the third year of our lives, we construct what is known as a series of categories or schemata in our head, like pigeonholes. It enables us to pigeonhole everything that's going on, as I said a minute ago, within four seconds, so that I don't need to waste my precious attention, which is otherwise required should a man or woman-eating tiger leap from the bushes to take my head off. I don't need to waste any of my precious energy on trying to figure out what's going on in the here and now, figure out what is actually happening, or figure out anything about a person that I have just met. So if I meet somebody for the first time, I will take an instant like or dislike to that person in the space of four seconds by shoving them into a box into which they couldn't belong because everybody is unique. But that's how we operate. That's how we operate on automatic pilot. It makes life easy for us, or should I say it makes survival easy for us because you must bear in mind, and you know this from all our previous conversations, that your mind is designed for survival. Your mind is not designed to achieve your goals and objectives. In fact, your mind is actually designed to prevent you from achieving your goals and objectives because that would bring about change in your life. And in evolutionary times, change was dangerous. Change was life-threatening. So you're designed to achieve nothing other than survive. You're not designed to enjoy yourself. You're not designed to experience perfect moments. Or in fact, you're not designed to experience at all. Now, the world is littered with examples of people not experiencing what's going on. From people disliking other people from the outset that they do not know, as in the example that I gave you a minute ago with Lisa. Another prime example of that is the financial crash, the banking crash of 2008, where bankers thought they knew what was going on. They thought that they were experiencing something that they had experienced before. 
as bankers. But the fact of the matter is that they'd never actually experienced anything. Once your mind closes down at the onset of puberty, 12 or 13 years of age, you learn nothing new. Anything that you encounter, any body that you encounter after that is boxed, squeezed into one of those pigeonholes so that you never experience anybody or anything new. You experience your automated childlike mind's version of the individual or of the event. You experience nothing. Now, I never thought I would quote who I'm about to quote, but during the 2016 presidential campaign, Hillary Clinton was lauding herself at the experience that she had had as Secretary of State and prowling behind her during that particular presidential debate, Donald Trump turned on his heel and said to her, yes, you have experience, but it's bad experience. Now, as I say, I never thought I would quote Donald Trump, least said, easiest mended, but he had a point or he was only half right. <laughs> no comment. He was only half right. It isn't that she had experience as Secretary of State. She'd never experienced anything as an adult because we cannot experience as adults, given the explanation that I have given you a couple of minutes ago. So, so, where does that leave us if we want to change our lives? Consider everything I've just said for the last couple of minutes. Number one, that your brain is designed for survival. It's designed to ensure that you don't achieve your goals and objectives. Number two, that you experience nothing. So you can't learn from experience. So all of the learnings that you think you have had in your adult life are actually shadows and dust. They're not experience at all. I give you another really classic example. People who hop from one bad job to a worse bad job or as we'd say in Dublin, a worse or bad job, or people who hop from one abusive relationship to another abusive relationship. They've never experienced, properly experienced, any of the relationships or any of the jobs they've had because they perceived the experiences through their own lenses that they had learned before the age of 12 or 13, or indeed, in particular, the lenses that had been given them, the categorizations that had formed in their own heads as a result when they were two or three years old. So you don't learn from anything that has gone before now. So, you know, people often say to me, oh, well, I'll give you background in relation to where I have been. So you understand how I've got to where I am now. And I keep telling people, no, I don't need that. You don't need it. In fact, you even thinking about it will put those concrete boots of not being able to change your life on even more firmly, will tie those concrete boots tighter. You will hold yourself further back because your past experiences, which you didn't have, cannot be used as a guide to your future experiences. It's like in the life insurance industry where I worked many years ago in the dim and distant past in the early 1980s in Dublin, fund managers would say past performance cannot be used as a guide to future performance. There's <laughs> a joke about that from those times because like most times, fund values were going up and down on a roller coaster. And the actual warning that you got when you invested in those funds was fund prices can go down as well as up. 
And the joke in our business at the time was, did you know that fund prices can go up as well as down? Anyway, that's an aside. That's a complete aside. But it makes a very important point. What got you to where you are is not going to get you to where you want to go. The past is irrelevant. You didn't experience it. You cannot learn from it. It doesn't matter what happened in your past. It doesn't matter even what happened in your formative past. Let's pause and think about that one for a minute. Because clearly, a lot of the people with whom I've worked one-to-one over the years have had horrendous formative experiences. It's in the nature of the work that I do that I would regularly talk to people who had been abused one way or another as children. And they want to go back and revisit it. And it's a complete and utter waste of time because it has nothing to do with who they are. It has nothing to do with who they were at the time. You see, an awful lot of people who were abused think in some way they were guilty. There's no merit going back there at all. There's no merit raking over the past because the past is a foreign country. And, you know, people will say to me, but I can learn from the past. I hope I've disabused you of that notion at this moment in time. How can you learn from that which you did not experience. What do I mean by experience? I mean actually feeling. Seeing, feeling, hearing, smelling and tasting without your very personal dirty filters on. I mean actually feeling what is actually going on. You see, herein lies the benefit of, and you know what I'm going to say next, herein lies the benefit of meditation. Because meditation is all about experiencing. Experiencing what? Experiencing what you really are. I didn't say who you really are, because that is kind of a subset of what you really are. You really are an integral part and parcel of this universe. You are made up like the rest of the universe, of energy. And when we meditate, if we're meditating properly, sooner or later, we will experience that fact. I asked people, again, on one of my program owners' Zooms about eight weeks ago, what do they experience when they meditate? And only a few people answered the question. And one person said that he experienced his body as kind of see-through. Another person said that she experienced her body as kind of flowing. Now, everybody's experience will be articulated in a different way because, unfortunately, language limits the debate when it comes to describing something that is, on the one hand, uniquely personal, and on the other hand, universal because we're part of universal energy. So I'm not going to attempt to explain my experience of being what I really am to you now, but what I am saying to you is that you need to challenge yourself daily to ensure that you experience, even if it's only for a moment, the reality of what you are. Now, there are a variety of ways of doing that. And obviously, every single one of that variety is based in meditation. Meditation enables you experience reality as it is. 
I'm trained in a form of meditation called Vipassana meditation. Vipassana is Pali word, which means to see reality as it really is. Now, even that translation is wrong because the use of the word see suggests that I am talking about a visual experience. I'm not. I'm talking about a whole experience. I'm talking about an experience that you actually feel in your body. Let's look at this from a different perspective, because people will often say to me, how do I know if it's my gut instinct or intuition that is telling me what to do, or if it is my thinking mind masquerading as my gut instinct or intuition telling me what I need to do? And my answer is, you'll know because you'll feel the difference, because gut instinct, as the phrase actually suggests, is a feeling. It's actually a feeling in your gut. And, you know, even in our ordinary everyday language, we do have expressions that give us a hint of that feeling. If you're very nervous, you might have butterflies in your stomach. We know from the perspective of how the mind and body interact, that if I'm pumping cortisol into my system as a result of my being stressed, it will actually affect my digestive system. That's the physical side of things or the physiological side of things. The energetic side of things, the way in which energy flows through our body, means that if I use exactly the same example, if I think I'm stressed, now notice I've changed the words very slightly there, because if I think I'm stressed, I actually am stressed, because stress is a choice that our thinking mind makes automatically for us. If we stopped thinking we were stressed, we'd never suffer from stress again. But if I'm thinking that I'm stressed, and as I said a minute ago, from a physiological point of view, I'm, I'm pumping cortisol into my system. If I think I am stressed, I am disrupting the flow of energy through the energy meridians in my body. Now, you may have heard of energy meridians before. If you've ever experienced acupuncture, and believe you me, acupuncture is actually an experience. If you've ever experienced acupuncture, you will know that energy travels in your body along what are called meridians. Now, this is what would be described by many people as ancient wisdom. More cynical people would call it complementary or, or, or alternative medicine. But recent research has shown that the energy meridians in the body are real. They are physical. They are what is now known in biology as the primovascular system. It runs along the vascular system. And the primovascular system carries energy through our bodies and carries photons of light through our bodies. I referred to photons of light before. Let's, let's not go off on that particular very important tangent right now. I want to come back to the point that I'm making in relation to an actual experience and how we can train ourselves, or should I say retrain ourselves, because we had this experience when we were very, very young children, when our minds were completely free. I want to talk about how we can retrain ourselves to experience what we really are. Meditation is the key because meditation stops our thinking minds scrambling our own energy. Once we allow our energy flow freely as a result of settling our thinking minds, of emptying our thinking minds, then sooner or later you're going to feel your own energy. Going to experience your own energy. 
So meditation is the basis. Meditation is the foundation. Meditation, indeed, is the key. But there's no point in feeling all energetic at seven in the morning because you've had a flash of experience of what it feels like to experience your own energy. And at 10 o'clock in the morning, shouting and screaming at some normal crazy person who has wound you up by shouting and screaming at you. No, you need to ensure that you stop during the course of the cut and thrust of your every day to mini-meditate to take a couple of moments to build on that which you will have experienced as a result of proper meditation. Now, you might experience that through proper meditation every morning, and indeed, the chances are you won't at the outset, but it grows on you. And I think that is one of the most fundamental things that we all need to understand. Every step we take in redeveloping our ability to be present every step we take in retraining ourselves to experience what we really are is not just a step in the right direction, but it is a step on which we cannot go back. And once you have experienced what you really are, you can never unexperience it again. And once you really experience what you really are, you will see yourself in a completely different light and actually mean that literally light and once that happens you cannot but look at everybody else differently too regardless of how normal crazy their behavior might be on an ordinary everyday basis the message is that we need to look after ourselves and our own state of mind we need to settle and empty our minds we need to allow the real us come to the surface and in doing so through our presence we aid those around us too the world needs that at this moment in time your family probably needs it at this moment in time you certainly need it at this moment in time because you are the most important person in your life you've been listening to to succeed just let go to get involved join me in my facebook group strangely enough called to succeed just let go and for more information visit www.willie-horton.com